let's go, uh, let's see if we can catch up a little bit. Um, so if you've been with us, you know we're in a uh, book of the Bible. Anyone know what book that is? Ezra, cool. Uh, so Ezra and Nehemiah, they go together in their Old Testament books, come after Chronicles, uh, also most likely written by Ezra. So Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, there's kind of this succession in your, in your text. Uh, Ezra is, um, was a scribe, and he's, he's chronicling this, this time and these events following this great exile of, of God's peoples. They were taken captive. They've been marched away by the Babylonian Empire. They're, they're slaves in that land. And this story talks about the kind of return of that. And we left last week. They, uh, a bunch of the people had returned. Ezra has not yet been in this story. A guy named, uh, by the name of Zerubbabel has been in, in, in this story. He's leading all these people on this like four-month journey from Babylon back to Jerusalem. This is like the 500s B.C. And their city had been destroyed in 586 B.C., destroyed, the temples destroyed, the walls are down, the place is in shambles. But through a miracle of deliverance, the king of, of Mount Persia says, hey, you guys can go back and you can rebuild your stuff. So this, this crew goes back uh, and they start to do work. And it's not, not easy. There's some opposition. There's some people around that are, are making things difficult. But they're, but they're on their way. Uh, and that's where we're going to pick up in, in chapter 4. And we're going to find this story today, just sort of going around this issue. We'll do maybe a couple chapters. The people are back, and they've got a lot of work to do, and they could probably use some help. They seem to have a hard time accepting help, which is something some of us have more of a problem with than others. But I think to some extent, we all kind of live a little bit of this kind of line of, of you know, kind of pride, and can I, can I let someone else in with this job, with my relationship, with my thoughts, with my health, or should I just, you know, pull together and do it on my own? And when they finished chapter 3 last week, we, we saw they kind of had some foundations laid, and there's altars, altars being built. They're able to get back to some of their, their uh, religious practices, and some people are really excited about it. Uh, if you remember, there was like, they were shouting for joy, but there were some other people that were they were weeping. They were bummed. And who that, that was the older priest who remembered the temple from the first time. So even in their own group now, they're kind of, they have some, some challenges, some rifts. Because there's people like, this is amazing. Look what we did. And like some of the older priests are like, what? That thing's lame compared to the old one, right? Because they're comparing it to what was. And so we kind of catch some of that as we go through this story as well, too. Always looking back. Much of the Old Testament, like, ah, oh, but remember the last time it was so much better then. And we talked about that idea in our own hearts. Because if we're always comparing every single moment to some previous moment, we're going to lose the joy in what is, what is now. Right? Being enamored with the past can rob you of the present. And sometimes we miss out what's going on right in front of us because we're looking back at something else that was better or seemed better at the time. Or something that we thought was going to be better. Amy and I took a quick trip, uh, I guess it was a week or two ago, this overnighter to... Uh, Kuyama, New Kuyama, which I've never even heard of, not even sure if that's how you pronounce it, but it's way out on, in East County, it's like 50 miles inland from uh, Santa Maria, so East County, slow, Santa Barbara, Ventura, out in the Badlands, really cool open space, so you go up to 33 and you're up in the mountains, you can see down this old, what was the old river at one point, it's just cool, cool area. And she got me an um, overnight out there in kind of a glamping Airbnb type thing for my birthday in November, and we just you know, it took a while to get out there. 
But you go out and you look at the pictures of this thing on Instagram, and I mean, it looks amazing. It's like these lit up uh, kind of tent yurts on trailers. There's nothing around. It's like the full wilderness sort of experience. And I'm like, man, that'd be so awesome. And we drive, start driving up to it, and there's this little town. And it says, like, right here, like, well, I don't, how can I be right here? Like, this is some kind of, like, sketchy, methy neighborhood. Like, I don't, I don't I, this does not look like the pictures. And we drive around, and, like, sure enough, like, there's, there's a neighborhood, and it's, if you've ever been to some of these kind of badlands parts of anywhere, but, you know, California, where there's, like, the chain link fences, blue tarps, look super methy. You know, those kind of looks a little bit like Joshua. And, like, and then there's like this property where these things are. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like right there. And if you're looking one direction, there is. There's open land. And it's cool. Like, there was an old airfield. There's mountains. It looks, it looks pretty amazing. But if you turn around, it's like, oh, hey, naked dude. Like, it's like, it's just how it, but, but when you take the pictures, you crop out this, the kind of sadness around you, right? Like, you just get this one thing. And it's so funny because Amy was like, um, you know, storing her as she does. If you if you know Amy on Instagram, you know our entire life, probably more than I know our life. <laughs> I mean, people would ask me, how, how was last night? I'm like, wait, what? What are we talking about? Like, what did I do? And she's storing, like, stop doing that. Like, you're going you're gonna to ruin the magic for everybody. You're like, you're ruining it for this place because they're used to having everybody look this way. And you're like going around, stop doing that. But there's something about sort of life that, that way. And, and honestly, for us, we get into it. And we say, you know what, it took us a second, but you make a decision, like, this is still awesome. You know, I'm away with my wife. It it really is a pretty cool place. Um, You just have to kind of adjust to what your expectations were when you rolled up. Like, okay, this is it it now. I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to be joyful in this moment, not like, ah, this is lame compared to what it looked like on Instagram, which which we all know is not really real life. And I, and I don't help, you know, I, I posted a picture this week, and man, I was, wasn't even the one we were staying in, but it looked really cool, and it's all stars, and I, I, I like that, right? But that was also part of it. And so, the, so, the, the, so pe- God's people in this situation, they're kind of split because they're like, some of the guys are, they're excited to be back, but like, man, this is not what it used to be. And in this, in this exile, this captivity, was, it was really only 70 years. So it wasn't that long, not compared to like 400 years that they were captive in Egypt. So there's people who do remember it. They remember before everything got destroyed. And like, oh, man, this is what you guys built now? Instead of being thankful and joyful for what you have in that moment. And so there's a little bit of a challenge, and there's sort of this split with the, with the people. And then they start to, they still, they start to kind of rebuild. And it says this in, uh, this is chapter 4 of Ezra, and you can follow along or read or, or just uh, listen if you like. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the family and said, Hey, let us help you build, because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of the king of Assyria who brought us here. So these guys are like, Hey, we heard about this. You're, you guys are rebuilding? You got the altar going? Like, we want to help. We worship the same God. We're on the same team. And these would have been people who didn't get taken to Babylon that time. Maybe some grandchildren of the first, first captives that went to Babylon. They were obviously got in trouble with Assyria and went somewhere else. So they're, they're kind of in the same family. Just, they've been living apart. Say, so, hey, listen, we heard about this. This is so cool. We'll, we'll come help. Verse 3 says this, But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, you have no part with us in building a temple to our, to our God. We alone build it for the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. 
Then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They hired counselors to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So these guys come out to help. This is a quick map of kind of the, the movement. These guys come out to help, and they're, they're of the same cloth, and they're excited for it. They, they travel to it. They've got hands and, and energy. And what do these guys who are building it say? No, we're, we're kind of good here. We alone. We alone. We alone got this. We don't need you. And then it, it starts to kind of come undone because they, they frustrated these people. They're like, all right, well, you know, forget you then. We don't, if you're not going to let us help, we don't want you building either. We'll, we'll, we'll continue on, but begin to like disrupt those plans. But there's something about that that's kind of interesting in the story because you would think, oh my gosh, this is so cool. They're getting help. Somebody heard about it and God's bringing more people to help be part of this situation. But these guys are like, mm, no, we're good. We alone. We alone. And we alone is a scary thing to say. Now, now maybe for you that's I alone. I alone. I got this. I got this. Why not accept some help? Now we got this. And why do we do that? Why would we choose to go about something on our own versus getting help, right? What are some of the main reasons for that? That whiteboard, you write this stuff down, right? What are some of the big stuff you think about yourself? Why wouldn't I receive help? Pride, pride right? Pride is probably the number one thing. It's like, I'm, I'm pride, I got this. You know what, we made it, we were in captivity, we made it all the way back here, we put in all this time, we did the journey, I've led us this far. I'm not gonna invite some people in to maybe steal the glory. I got this, pride. And it's so hard. And this is such a thing that so many of us struggle with, whether you recognize it or not. But pride, it sneaks in. So, I mean, men sometimes struggle with this in certain ways, right? Like, um, any men you ever ask for help at Home Depot, like where something is? Like, yeah, good for you, Brad. Like, I have a hard time with that. Like, I'm like, I go into Home Depot, and like, I, the ones I, if I know the one by my house, I'm pretty familiar. But if you go into a new one, you're like, oh, shoot, this one's all wrong. I don't understand how this one works. And... I'll wander the you know, aisles for a while because I think I can figure it out. And my kid's like, oh, just ask somebody. Like, ah, I think I got it. You walk by a person, ah, they're right, no, nope, I'm good. Someone even asks, hey, are you looking for anything? Can I help you? Like, no, I got it. Like, why? Why say that? Who cares? Right? And that's kind of a silly thing, but we, we, that's our gut reaction. You need a hand with something? No, I got it. I alone can figure this out. And I, I, I don't know why, but I'm working through some of these things personally, right? Because I'm, I'm in counseling now, I'm seeing your therapist, but this has been a big, it was a hard leap to get there. So if I'm like, okay, I got it, I can't do that, there's, I'm too, I got this, I'll figure it out, or there's shame involved with that. To get to that place, you know, I, yeah, I'll, I'll take some help. Why not? I'll receive help. We, uh, we had a uh, flat tire a few, years, a few years back that I remember, I was thinking about the other day, and I think it was in our Pathfinder, and uh, we were going somewhere. The whole family's there, and, uh, you know, blows out. I pull over, and like, all right, you know, got to change the tire. And I've changed, I don't know how many tires, plenty of tires. I, get, I, I feel like I can change a tire. And we get out, and I, I'm like, look, all right, where's the tire? It's under the car. And we start opening up the thing. And, and I wasn't real, we had never done it in this car before, and I wasn't familiar with the stuff. And the tire's underneath, and there's like this little hole you put into like kind of the bumper, and you crank something, and it lowers from the, underneath the car. Anyone ever have a vehicle like that? I never have. I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. I'm like looking at the diagram. It's like, so you, you send a stick into this hole and like turn? Like I'm, I, I couldn't figure it out. 
And we look at this stuff, like maybe we lost the right tool, and like, do we call AAA? Like, nah, I got this, like everyone's there. And then like, you know, Jets comes over, like, oh, let me see if I can do it. And Amy's like, let me see if I can do it. And Amy, Amy tries to figure it out, and thank God she couldn't, because I never would have heard, heard the end of that. I was like, oh my gosh, please don't let her figure it out, Lord. You know, but that's pride. That's pride, right? Like, oh no, my wife is going to be able to do the thing, and I can't. And eventually, I think we called somebody. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do this. Like, and it wasn't that hard once I saw where it was and the right thing, and, and you figured it out from there. But it was just like, what's the big deal? What is the big deal about getting help? Uh, some, some of you know, I mentioned, you know, I started uh, therapy just from some stuff that went on last year, which was a huge thing. And uh, I was, again, on Friday, and I and she said, so how was everything this week? How was that you know, experience? And I was just thinking about it, like, man, I was so nervous last time. Like, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? How do I have to act? You know, some of you know I showed up, and I sit in the, in the lobby waiting for my appointment. I see some there, somebody there I know. And I told her, like, yeah, it was kind of weird. I came and I saw somebody I know. She's like, oh, of course. You always will. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that before? Like, it was like, oh, hey, I'm here too, right? Uh, I guess we're both getting help. And she's like, why is it so awkward that we need help? Like, why is that awkward? Why is that awkward to, to, be, to be getting help? Like, that should be something that's positive. And so we see in, the, in this story, like, even though some good things have happened and God's moving and he's sending his people back and he's getting them on their way and he's actually sending help, like, now nah, we're good. We got this. And so these people get upset. Um, they, they don't like this now. And, and, and they send a letter to uh, the king of Persia. And they say, hey, you know, these guys are rebuilding everything here, and you should keep an eye on it. Even though they, they kind of knew from Persia, they knew what was kind of happening, but they're not there. Again, it's far away. They say, hey, there's, these guys are rebuilding everything, and uh, you should probably, you know, keep an eye on them. You should check your archives about who these people are. Like, what are they up, what are they up to? Gets back to the king of Persia. He goes through the archives and uh, the manuscripts, and he says, oh, wow. Uh, Jerusalem, like this city has a long history of revolt. Like these guys are, are troublemakers. They're, they're, they're always fighting with everybody. And he said, I mean, we got we to gotta stop this. We got to stop these guys from, from rebuilding. And so he sends word back and, and, and they do. They, they shut down the operation. They shut down the rebuilding of the temple, of the altar. And so the people are there. They're living there. They kind of got, got set free and they're back in their own city. But they're not, they're not really free now. They're being told what to do. They're being told to stop. And the rebuild stops for 14 years. 14 years. There was this ramp up out of captivity that was really exciting. Right? 40, 45,000 people take this journey. They go, all right, we're going to go back and do it. We're going to rebuild our city. We're going to get our temple going again. They have this celebration, this opening day kind of celebration when the foundation's laid. And yeah, there were some people who didn't like it, but there's a lot of people really excited. And then it all comes to a halt. And 14 years is a while. 14 years is a, is a long time, especially some of, these, some of these guys who have been in captivity. They're, they're old in years. And what that kind of would have felt like. And sometimes I, I, I recognize that in our, our own lives when things seem like, oh my gosh, finally we're catching a break here. Things are finally starting to go. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm getting healthier. Our community is getting better. My job's getting better. My relationship's getting better. It seemed like it never was because we were, we were trapped in captivity and then we're, we're kind of moving out of it. Then all of a sudden it's like, er, stop. It's like, whoa, what, what's happening now? Why are we stopped now? Why are we stopped, God? We were going in this direction. Now, now we're not. 
And that's a rough place to be when you're, when you're kind of teased out into some good stuff. And then all of a sudden it feels like, all right, that's done for a while. You're like, wait, what? I was just getting used to that. And so, his, so God's people are in this kind of slow going time now where they're just having to kind of hang out. And they're, and they're, you know, they're rebuilding in their, in their homes and communities, but they really wanted to get this temple going. And it gets all shut down. Continues on, and they, they have this sort of downtime where they're, 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 they're kind of free in their own land, but not really, which some of us feel like that in our own skin. Like, oh, I'm kind of free, but I'm still kind of in captivity. And they're stalled out for a while, and eventually these, these prophets come along. God sends a, a message to, through some of his people, and these are Haggai and Zechariah. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament minor prophets, these are in, the, in, these, in these books. Each of these guys have a little book in the Bible. They're talking about Ezra. They're talking about this story right now. So if you get to Haggai or Zechariah, they mention something about time to rebuild the temple. It's this. It's in this book in, in, in Ezra. And it all kind of fits together. It's pretty cool. So, so these guys start coming, Haggai and Zechariah, the prophet. Uh, they start speaking to God's, to God's people, to Israel. And they start encouraging them. And they start encouraging them to actually get building again. He said, we're going to rebuild the house of, of, of God. And the prophets of God were helping them along. And the prophets are helping by way of encouragement and, and being a voice of, of, of the Lord to the people. Like, it's time now. Yeah, it, it shut down for a while. Uh, that had to happen. We cycled through another king. In Persia, this is the time. And it's great to have people in your life who can say, hey, this is the time now. This is the time. You've, you've kind of been through some stuff, and I get that. And you've had a, had a history and a past, and there's been some brokenness. And you've maybe drifted away, and now there's been kind of this intermittent time where you kind of haven't done anything. This is the time. This is the time to, to rebuild. This is the time to get your strength together. This is it. And they encourage the people on their way that way. And that's the, 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 uh, the power of, one of, of you know, say, say, preaching or prophetic or, or what you have in your life. People around you hopefully say, hey, you know what? This is the time for you. Stop messing around. This is it. And that's powerful. The prophets of God were there helping them. And this is less about them getting hammers and shovels. This is like, this is, this is it. And some of us need to hear that now. I don't know what that is for you in your life. But you can kind of, yeah, I kind of get that 14 years of, of being stalled out. And yeah, maybe this is the time to dig in and start to rebuild. And maybe that's for you getting involved with some people more openly. Maybe that's getting help. That's getting into the, into the text, into the, into the Bible. You've been, you've been slacking on that. Maybe that's prayer. Maybe it's, all right, I got to get, I, I I get on my way. I'm going to take care of this. And the prophets lead them, and the people start to build. And the people around the city start, hey, wait, what are you guys doing? Aren't, we didn't think you were supposed to be building. Who gave you permission? And I'm like, you know what? God gave us permission. Like, what are you going to do about that? And so they start to, to go through this, and the letters start happening again. They're like, hey, these guys are rebuilding. Um, are they supposed to be re rebuilding? And the king's like, I don't think so. And they, say, and they say, hey, listen, check your decree. We were sent here with orders to, to rebuild years ago. And they go back, and they find out, like, oh, actually, it does say they're supposed to be rebuilding. And this whole, like, this is chapter 6 and 7. There are these long letters. And it gets, starts to work out, and, then, and they begin to put this thing together again. And they end up getting to the point where they've got the temple back up and they're celebrating these, uh, these, these Passover. Uh, they're looking back at what God has done for them. There's sort of a freedom that starts to happen. But then they start to find there's some kind of corruption again in that. So they've, they've, they've been through some stuff. They had a stall. They had some momentum. And then they've kind of fallen back again. And this is where Ezra comes into the picture. So Ezra hasn't even been in the story yet. It's the book 
of Ezra. He doesn't come until chapter 7. I think we may just finish that, that, that next week, 7 through 10, and we'll get into Nehemiah. But Ezra essentially comes in because even though they have been doing some, some work and they have been doing some rebuilds, there is still sort of some spiritual apathy that needs to be, be changed and turned over. And so Ezra, he ends up coming back and like, okay, you guys, you guys did some cool stuff. You built some cool stuff. You put up the temple and the walls, and it looks, it looks good. It looks like, you know, you're worshiping God. But he's like, you know what? You guys are, your hearts are a little off. And we need to start working on that. I'm going to come back. I'm going to help you spiritually reform yourself. After you've, you've rebuilt this physical, there's a spiritual reformation that needs to happen. And that's going to be fun. We'll look at that because I think we kind of can live there too, where we built some stuff out here that everyone can see that looks pretty cool. We put in a lot of work. We've got the, the walls up. Looks shiny. It's doing some religious practices, but in the heart, not really there. And Ezra sees through that, and the prophets see through that. I said, okay, uh, yeah, on Instagram you look, you look good, but in real life, uh, your hearts need a little work. Your heart is a little bit sick. And so we invite people into our lives to help with that. We invite the Holy Spirit in to help with that. We invite God in to help with that. And if there isn't that, then we just kind of spin out of control. I was talking this weekend with my counseling, and it's like, I'm so grateful for God in these times. I really are. And you don't know until you're out in those places when you're going back on decisions that you've made and places you ended up, it's like, okay, how do we get here? Well, if there is a God, and I, I believe there is, then there is a foundation to it all. And it's Hawkins, she says, you know what? It's, it's hard when you don't have that in your life because there's no bottom. You can just keep doing stuff and you can keep spinning out of control. There's no, like, okay, there, there, there's, a, there's a foundation here. You just kind of do stuff on your own. And the God's people, they've, they've done some stuff on their own. We alone... We alone, we got this. And, and didn't say, hey, God said, no, don't help get their help. There's, like, no, we got this. We alone. And it created a bunch of problems. I'm going to have the guys come up. We'll close out with a, a song. And uh, yeah, next week we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up this, this section. But one of the things when we talk about our, our own health, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, financially, a lot of times we know what we should be doing, what we need to do, but we don't, right? We get in our own way. And we see, see God's people, they kind of get in their own way in this story. And you and I, and whatever that is for you, like, you know what, I, I, I know what that is. I do get in my own way there. I continually do the same thing. I, I, I continue to not get help. I continue to not be open about my marriage. I continue to hide this about my, my health. What is that thing? Get out of your own way. God wants full freedom, full freedom. And so he set his people free from that land, but they, they kind of kept themselves captive because of their own hearts. So God, thanks for who you are. Thanks for your story. Um, thanks for this story, God. Um, just the ups and downs of it, Lord. It, it, is, it is real life. Uh, I pray for anyone in this room right now. Just, they just kind of feel something in their heart like, yeah, that's me. I've been getting in my own way and not getting help. I pray this may be a season to get help. And for those who need that, that time, hey, it's time. It is time for you to get moving. It is time for you to dig in. It is time for you to take this next step in your spiritual journey. God, thanks for grace. Thanks for your love. Your name. Refreshed, restored, healed. Love you, Amen. Amen.
That's right. <laughs>